and that really brings us to this message this morning, that thought of good news and bad news is coming. It really is what the Advent season is about. It's about this remembrance of what God has done and the longing of Israel, but then it's also about right now we celebrate Christ with us, Emmanuel, the Messiah's presence, the fulfillment of those prophecies, but at the same time, we long for his return because we know the light of the world has entered, but there's good news and bad news all at once. There's still land, there's still people who are filled with much darkness. And we wanna talk about this morning that the light has come, that the light is here in a land filled with darkness, in a place of brokenness and sin, a great light has shown upon us and, uh, and that he is the light of the world. Yeah, one of the prophecies about the uh, incarnation of Jesus is found in Isaiah 9 and verse 2. And it says this, uh, and by the way, this was written like seven or 800 years before Jesus came the first time. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined. You know, Jesus is the hope uh, of the world for many reasons. In fact, I'm gonna be talking about that with our TC seniors this Wednesday awesome. in more detail about all the different reasons that we can have hope yeah. because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But this verse reveals to us one of the many reasons that Jesus is the hope of the world. Uh, Jesus is the great light that Isaiah said would be revealed to Israel to a people that were just walking in absolute darkness. Yeah, walking in darkness, I think is something we're all familiar with. Um, when, when you walk in the dark, it can be dangerous. Especially when you get older, <laughs> but it's always dangerous. Yeah, I mean, even at my age, I've stumbled in the dark. I've stubbed my toes in the dark. I've ran into walls in the dark. My grandma Phyllis was notorious for injuring herself in the dark. She would get up in the middle of the night, and I'm not over-exaggerating when I say she broke every toe on, all, on both feet, stumbling around in the dark, and many of them numerous times stumbling around, walking in the dark. to walk in darkness. But as and if you're blind to it, and that's the nature of blind spots is they, we don't know that we have them. I think all of us can relate to what I'm about to say, but sometimes I'm just totally uh, amazed. I'm shocked would be another word. I, I'm annoyed at times, I'm appalled. I'm sometimes even enraged when I see someone commit an egregious offense against a family member or against a friend, and they're just blind to how grievous their offense really is. So can you relate to that? You know someone that's committing that offense is so egregious, and they're just totally blind to how much they're hurting other people? Yeah. 
and, and, it, and it annoys me, it enrages me, all those emotions come with that. I, I mean, I can relate. And for me, it's even more disturbing when I see someone like that who is living with this egregious sin and sinning against others, causing harm to themselves, causing harm to other people, and they're not even aware of their offense. That can be so challenging that they blame other people or they, they put it on others instead of embracing that this is their own sin or their own blind spot in their life. They can't even see how their actions are causing tremendous harm to others around them. Can you guys relate to that? Yeah, yeah we've all seen movies or we've read books where in the storyline there's this husband and this wife and they're in a public place around other people and one of them all of a sudden begins to say things that are very demeaning to the other mm -hmm. and they're not even aware of how much they are hurting their spouse whom they are supposed to love some of us have lived that movie. some of us have lived that movie <laughs> yeah or sometimes we've seen uh, in marriage where there's been failures in the marriage for of different kind and all of a sudden the other one that's you know uh, decides that well the way I'm gonna make this work is I'm just gonna withhold all my affection from you as if that's gonna make things right, right by me withholding my affection from you because now you've offended me yeah. or children who cut off their relationship with their parents because their parents disagree with some choice that they're making or decision in their life or their parents did not give them the support that they wanted or that they felt that they should have when they were growing up. And so these children make these uh, s such serious decisions of cutting off and becoming estranged with their parents because of their own blind spots in their life. Or how about parents who cut off relationship with their children because that parent doesn't agree with that child's choices or the child does not take care of their elderly parent oh, yeah. oh man i see that happen and it really gets under my skin or or fathers or mothers that just abandon their children and really don't understand their sin yeah. really don't understand their offense or how about this one and it happens every day in america uh where someone murders a family member to connect some kind of financial interest. Yeah. And they're totally blind to the fact of what they're doing, how wrong it is, how, how they're injuring not only the person whose life they take, but so many other people that are affected by their decision. Yeah, what all these stories have in common is that the characters of all these stories have blind spots. And these blind spots are causing tremendous harm to them, tremendous harm to others. And they oftentimes can't even see and are not even aware of how their choices and their decisions are impacting them and others. A lot of times they can't even begin to relate how their actions and behaviors are causing another to feel. And they're truly devastating the other person. And they can't even begin to empathize on even some level with the pain they're causing others. You know, psychologists now call this condition borderline personality disorder or a sociopath. We used to call people like this psychopaths was the word that we used to use. Because we're fallen and broken by sin, we all have these blind spots yeah. to our sin and to the way that we go about offending people everywhere we go. Yeah, we all have them. One day I was, this years ago, was fishing with my uh, brother-in-law, my late wife Debbie's uh, brother 
And we were together out here in this boat early in the morning, and just out of nowhere, he said to me, uh, you need to do something about your bad breath. <laughs> I thought, okay, you know. And, uh, you know, I was taken back when he first said that to me, and uh, I had no idea. I was blind mm -hmm. to the fact that I had that bad breath. And I, I was blind to the fact of how offensive it was to him and apparently to others, you know. Maybe they've that talked, is bad, I don't know. know. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that's the way all of us are because we are all fallen into sin. All of us have these blind spots in our words or in our conduct or it might be in our attitudes or our motives or our character and you know what Jesus said? He said this in John 8, 12. He said, I am the light. I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So as we start this message this morning, would you be willing with Brandon and I just to admit that you've got some blind spots in your life you know the nature of a blind spot is that you're blind to it right. <laughs> come on right. yeah, that's the nature of it we can't see it and you know what we need we need a brother like Jesus who will reveal our blind spots to us is what we need yeah because Jesus is the only person who has ever lived and who had zero blind spots yeah. isn't that incredible I mean it's just another way that he's set apart in his nature and who he is as a person, as the God-man. If we will become followers of Jesus, Jesus promises that he's the light of life, that he will help us see our blind spots. And not only that, but he will help us become like him. So we can put those blind spots behind us, those things that are causing great offense, those things that are causing harm to us and others, we can put them behind us and we can walk in the light as he is in the light. So starting by admitting, I've got a blind spot and, and I re recognize that's gonna take humility on your part this morning because if you have a blind spot, you don't know that you what it is, but you have to start by just saying, I'm sure I've got one. I'm sure there's something in my life that I'm not aware of, that I need to be aware of. I've got a blind spot. And once you've admitted that, you can turn to Jesus for help. And that's what we wanna talk about this morning. How do you do that? He's a brother like your brother in the boat. Yeah, exactly. He's a brother who wants to reveal to you- What your bad breath is. Yeah, what, what you your do. bad breath is yeah. and those blind spots. So how does Jesus do it? If you say, Jesus, I've got them. I don't know what they are, but I've got them. I'm coming to you. How does Jesus help us? Well, Jesus helps us see our blind spots first by giving us his Holy Spirit. What a promise that is. Yeah. That the very spirit of Jesus himself, he would give his spirit to his church and to each member of his church, yeah. that his spirit would come and live and dwell and abide in all of us. Wow. In John 14 and verses 15 through 18, here's what it says. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, that's what we need, right? Yes. We've got blind spots. We're walking in darkness, man. We need the spirit of truth 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Yeah. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And so the Bible is just chock full of passages like this one that show us the truth and reveal to us the God's promise concerning his spirit coming to dwell in us. Yeah, that his spirit would come and reveal these blind spots and be a light of life to us. Like another passage would be 2 Peter 1.4. And in that passage, the scripture says that there's this union between the Holy Spirit and our spirit that changes our spirit, the nature of our spirit, so that we love God and we wanna be like him and we are like him because of the change that he brings about. I mean, in John 3, Jesus talked about, uh, Jesus said that we were gonna be born again of the spirit of God. And that new spirit being described by Peter here in this passage, he's saying this, you are partakers of the divine yeah. nature. Yeah. Do you understand what, the, what he's saying? That God's nature, you're our, you are a partaker of his nature. That means that his love, you're a partaker of that. His love is your love. That means his joy, you're a partaker of that. His joy is your joy. His peace is your peace. His righteousness is your righteousness. His holiness is your holiness. You are a partaker of the divine nature. And, and then, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that makes you this new creation in Christ. So that what you used to be is dead and gone. And you've been raised again to a newness of life. Your spirit is alive in God. And you're this partaker of this divine nature, walking with God and living with him. That's who you are. That's not something you're aspiring to or trying to earn. It's what he's done and who he's made you. That's what it means to have his spirit in you. Yeah, this is the gospel. Yeah. This is the gospel. This is not an add-on to the gospel. Right. This is the good news. This is the gospel that we're going to, we receive his spirit. According to 2 Corinthians uh, 5.21, this union of our spirit with his spirit so changes our nature that it causes us to be the righteousness of God. Oh, man. And this simply means this change in our nature causes us to love what is righteous and to hate sin. It causes us to love the light and hate the darkness. You don't work that up. Right. It's something that's put into you when you receive the Holy Spirit into your nature. Yeah. And so, you know, like when my brother-in-law rebuked me there for my bad breath, I mean, I'm a new creation in Christ. I don't want to have bad breath, you know? And I, you know, I, I want to have good breath, you know? And, and in the same way, I want to live out the righteousness That's of God right. because of who Christ is in me, not because of who I am, it's who he made me to be now that I'm in him. And so, wow, what a tremendous promise. Yeah, I don't want to have unrighteous deeds. I want to have righteous deeds because it's who I am. The unrighteous deeds don't fit. They don't look right on me because it's not my nature. It's exactly. not who I am in the spirit. So Jesus helps us with our blind spots by giving us his spirit. But he doesn't stop there. Yeah, there's a more. Jesus helps us with our blind spots by giving us his word. 
and this unique relationship between Jesus, the yeah. Holy Spirit and his word so that this book is not a book. Yeah. It's living and active in our lives. There are several passages of scripture that reveal the gift of God's word and its power to reveal spiritual darkness and to free us from blind spots in our lives. Yeah, one of those passages is Psalm 119, 105. It says that God's word is what? It's a lamp light. into our feet. It's and a light, light into our path. According to 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible says that all scripture is breathed out by God and inspired by God. Mm. This means that the Spirit of God dictated, he dictated to the authors of our scriptures the exact words that they should record. And those words are not just the words of those authors. Those words are the words of God himself. Yeah, and God wants us to see his Holy Spirit activity all over the scriptures. Yeah. At the beginning of it, he inspired it to those authors who wrote down in a particular time and place. They wrote down the message of God with the timeless principles of God and, and it was inspired. The revelation was given and those words were inspired by the Holy Spirit. But we just said, you have the Holy Spirit. In you, And so what, what God does is he takes that word and we're reading it now and the Holy Spirit who inspired it is alive in us and, and he illuminates that scripture to us so that we can understand the will of God, so that we can understand the truth of God, so that the light of God can shine on our hearts and in our souls and we can come to this deeper understanding and knowledge of first who God is, what is he like? Because if I'm a partaker of the divine nature, that's what I'm like. And I want to be more like him. And then the Holy Spirit uses his word and inspires it for us so that our words and our conduct and our attitudes and our motives and our character, they all start to look more like Jesus because I can, it's, it's this living book. It's, this, it's not just a dead book. It's alive. And, and the Lord is using it to form me into his image and make me who he wants me to be. Yeah, reading and studying the scriptures is like reading a driver's manual to learn to drive. Yeah. You know, you want to learn to drive, but you need to learn the rules to driving. Yes. And the scripture reveals those truths to us. It's like an athlete learning how to play a game mm. that they want to play. Uh, we cannot change what we cannot see. Mm. And the Holy Spirit uses scripture to help us see what needs to change in each one of us. And that's what his scripture says in Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. The scripture says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. You may not be aware of your blind spots, but God is. Yeah. And he has the power to reveal them. And the scripture says he will help reveal them to you through his word. That means reading his word is essential for us, church. We cannot neglect the word of God because Jesus helps us see our blind spots by giving us his word. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't stop there. No. There's more. Jesus helps us 
see our blind spots by giving us his church. Yeah, that's what my brother-in-law was actually being to me that day. He yeah. was being the church. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's nowhere in scripture where it says that you, you know, I Jerry, you have bad breath. <laughs> you know. But there's scriptures that say that I should eliminate from my conduct and behavior things that are offensive to other that would take away from the light of Christ you know, being a testimony to others in my life. Yeah. But he, just, he just brought specific application to something that <laughs> needed to change in me. And we need that from Christ's church. Yes. We need sometimes those specific applications where we go, some brother or sister said, oh, I don't think so. You know, when it comes to some conduct or behavior uh, or attitude that we're nurturing in our lives. In Matthew 16, 18, it says... And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Yeah. The Bible is just full of these examples of how Jesus uses his church to reveal our blind spots and, and to help us walk in the light. Yeah, one life. of those passages, for example, is 1 Corinthians 12, 27. And Paul's talking a lot about the church in this passage and edification of the body of Christ. And he talks about how the church is the body of the spirit of Jesus on the earth. Yeah. So like this is the body of my spirit, the church is the body of the spirit of I'm Jesus Jesus. on the earth. Yeah. We are his body. We are his physical representatives, his spirit dwelling in the church as his body. And that passage talks about how he uses each member of his body to reveal to us what he's like. He even gives these gifts to help us see what he's like and, and the way he operates inside of each one of us so that I can look at you and I can see what God's like. And you can look at me and you can see what God is like when we're operating in the spirit. Since it is so easy to be blind to our own spiritual darkness, he uses the members of his church yeah. to show us what living in the light looks like. Yeah, and according to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and verse uh, 28, he also has given certain people in the church, certain members in his body, a special function where they have a unique calling or office, for example, to help us understand the scriptures. Yeah. In a, in a new way. And according to the same passage, he also uses the communion yes. that we partake of here frequently at our church. And, it, and, and in the words of the communion, it's supposed to be this perpetual reminder to call us to examine ourselves. What do we examine ourselves for? We're looking for blind spots, yeah. you know, in our journey, yes. in our spiritual walk with God as we continue on this journey together. So this is what the scripture says concerning the church. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Yeah. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Yeah. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then what happens? We have fellowship with one another. That's the light of life in us. That's the church walking in the light. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And I love that. Cleanses us, yes, initially. 
He forgives all my sins, but cleanses me of the practice of sin. As yeah. I walk in the light and I it's walk in the light with cleansing. you. Yeah, yeah, it's this renewal of putting away blind spots, putting away darkness and walking in the light and in fellowship with one another. So Jesus helps us see our blind spots by giving us his church. And he doesn't stop there. What a generous God that he would help us see our blind spots in so many ways. Jesus helps us see our blind spots also by giving us the world. Oh yeah. And that's, that's a little weird because we know the world is broken and yeah. fallen because of sin and under the curse of sin. So how does Jesus use the world to help reveal blind spots to us? Well, we'll start with this verse, Proverbs 12, 1. In this wisdom book, the proverb says, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Wow, think about that one there. He who hates correction is stupid. Just let that sink in for just a moment. I mean, hating correction could be a blind spot that you have. Yeah. Because as the righteousness of God, we're supposed to love correction. Yeah. You know, not hate it. Now, I didn't love correction before I became a Christian. That wasn't my nature. My nature was to hate correction. Mm -hmm. But after I became a Christian, the Spirit of God's in me. He's the Holy Spirit. Then he produced in me a love for correction. My yeah. flesh still resisted. But in my spirit, that's what I want to see happen. If I've got a blind spot... I want you to tell me. I want to know about it, not because of me, but because the Spirit of God abides in me. So God even uses the people of this world and their criticisms to reveal to us our blind spots. Wow. You know, if it wasn't for my brother-in-law telling me the truth, I would not have discovered I had bad breath, you know, and, and started trying to take some correct measures to that, you know, which I can explain to you privately and personally if you have the same problem as what I've been trying to institute. <laughs> you know, I've learned a long time ago that I can learn something important from my critics, even when my critics are wrong. I can learn from my critics. And even when my critics have blind spots of their own, I can still learn from my critics. Man. Something in my life that needs to change. I mean, I want you to think about that for just a minute how difficult that is to do. Someone is critical of you, judgmental towards you, maybe even has the wrong intentions towards you, and you're gonna have a posture of, I can learn from them? I can learn from this? It takes a lot of humility to adopt that kind of view, but that's the view the Lord wants you to adopt. There, that is something that he wants all of us to have, that I can learn from someone who is wrong an area where I've been wrong. Ooh. Or that God can show me something I haven't seen through someone who is mistreating me. Or that I can actually discover blind spots through someone whose intentions towards me are wrong and not good. That's different. That takes Holy Spirit nature and power because that is not our fallen nature to be like that. No, we have got no. to have his righteous nature living and abiding in us to be like that. But when I believe that God can reveal blind spots to me through anyone, then what happens is I adopt this posture of humility and gratitude. Mm -hmm. Humility because I'm always looking to be teachable 
Even if someone's mistreating me, I'm asking the Lord, what can I learn? Can you imagine how that would change your arguments? You're standing there being mistreated and instead of fighting back and resisting, you start asking the Lord, what are you trying to show me? What a change in our relationships would occur if we would take that and then not just humility, uh, but gratitude. Gratitude because I can thank God even for my critics because I believe that he will use them to help me to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is different kind of thinking, but this is how the Lord wants us all to think. Yeah, so Jesus helps us see our blind spots even by giving us the world and the people of the world. And then the last one today, Jesus helps us see our blind spots through his discipline, mm. the Father's discipline of us. And sometimes that discipline involves painful circumstances that we go through. Mm -hmm. And he's wanting to use this painful circumstance that we're going through in order to help us grow in some way in our life. And that growth typically means admitting that there was some way I needed to grow that I wasn't acknowledging I needed to grow in. In Hebrews 12, 7 through 11, it says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons or children. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you're left without discipline in which all have participated, then you're illegitimate children and not sons. Okay? That's really clear. Besides this, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, Uh, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline, for this moment, at this moment, all discipline seems to be painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So the Father disciplines us and sometimes it's with painful circumstances. Yeah, do you understand what this passage is saying? I mean, if you have a good father, one of the things that you expect from a good father is that he would lovingly discipline his children. Yeah. And a, even a good father, earthly fathers are gonna get that wrong sometimes. Yeah, sure. But what's being described here is, hey, you're not illegitimate children of God, you're legitimate children of God, which means he's a good father and loving towards you. And since he's perfect, he's going to line up discipline and circumstances in your life at times to help reveal your blind spots to you so that it will produce in your life holiness and the fruit of righteousness Mm -hmm. in your life. That's an incredible gift. God's word tells us that like a loving father, this is what he does to raise us up and to train us. You know, when I have a blind spot, it inevitably ends up creating conflict in my relationships. Can any of you relate to that? That a blind spot in your life or a blind spot in your loved one's life, it creates conflict in our relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, with God's help, I've learned to see conflict as a gift from the Lord instead of a curse. Now, before you jump on me and say, yeah, yeah, but you're a pastor and you have fun with conflict. Conflict's really enjoyable in your life and you're really good at it. It never makes you feel bad. Me, on the other hand, I don't like conflict and I think conflict's terrible. You know, before you jump on me and say that, can can you just uh, believe me when I say I don't like conflict? 
Like, it's not fun to me. Being a pastor doesn't make me go, yes, we get to resolve something today? Awesome, you know? In fact, I deal with it all the time in my position. And man, the Lord is just testing me constantly to cause me to depend on him more. Here we go again, Lord. What do you want to do in this situation? And so I'm not saying conflict is fun. So just put that thought from your flesh aside that somehow I'm on some pedestal and I do conflict better than you. Conflict is a gift because it creates opportunities to reveal my blind spots to me. And conflict is a gift for you because it creates opportunities to reveal your blind spots to you. Yeah. And if we can change that posture, that conflict is a, is a gift, it will help us acknowledge areas of weakness and sin in our lives. It's a gift because it'll challenge me to fight for relationship and to prioritize yeah. what God prioritizes, which is not my ego and pride. Right. Prioritizing what God prioritizes is my love for you and my relationship with you, to be reconciled with those who have wronged me or those that I have wronged. So conflict's this gift about, man, discipline and painful circumstances created by conflict and my blind spots are painful, but this is a gift that the Lord has given to help reveal blind spots in my life. Yeah, when we have a blind spot, uh, we typically will make unwise decisions that cause us to experience some loss. Oh, yeah. And here's the deal. It's the discipline. The, the loss may just be a natural consequence of the unwise decision caused by the blind spot. But here's the discipline. Jesus could prevent us from experiencing that loss, but he chooses not to most of the time. Right. He, he disciplines us by allowing us to experience natural losses. And our, our suffering that we experience from the loss becomes an opportunity for us to see our blind spot, to grow up, yeah. and in some cases, avoid future losses, <laughs> you know, Hopefully. in our lives as yeah. a result of what we have suffered uh, in our life. For example, when I was a young man, I was probably 25 years old, 40 years ago now, 45 years ago. I invested in what many would consider a get-rich-quick scheme. And the result of that was that I lost all our money. I can't believe the Lord did not bless that get risk scheme. Yeah, or just stop you from doing that. And, and yeah, just stop me from doing it. Yeah. But he didn't do that. I can't believe it. You know, and what I learned out of that that I probably wouldn't have learned otherwise is I had several blind spots in my character and my motives. And the Lord used that to reveal those things to me. And it's benefited me now, all these years later, in all kinds of different ways. Yeah, that's, so. that's a different perspective. If we could start to see the, the difficult circumstances of our lives and the things that we suffer, whether from our bad choices or, yeah. or just any circumstance that is hard in our life, if we could learn to see it as an opportunity for God to reveal a blind spot to us yeah. and for us to respond to him. You know, if I'm not compassionate, then, man, I can expect God's going to give me opportunities to grow in compassion. And what's one of the ways he could do that? Yeah. Well, he could allow me to suffer yeah. so that I need compassion. And then once I felt that need for compassion, the next time someone else needs compassion, I mean, Corinthians talks about that. Comfort one another with the yeah. same comfort that you re have received. Yeah. Oh, well, if I suffer uh, and, and, and I'm in a bad situation and I need compassion, I'm going to receive comfort. And then the Lord goes, see? 
compassion's important. Yeah. Be compassionate, mm-hmm. like I'm compassionate. Or what about things like greed and generosity? Hey, if I'm stingy with my money and I'm not being generous towards the needs of others and what the Lord wants me to be generous, well, then he can just cause me to suffer need. And then all of a sudden, I, I don't have enough money and now I'm in the posture where I need help and then someone else is generous to me and I go, look how important generosity yeah, is. What works. would we have done without that generosity? And then the next time I have the opportunity, I'm more likely to be generous if I'll be aware that this was a blind spot and the Lord's using this blind spot to change me through these circumstances. And I think we need to be clear that not every difficult circumstance is always because there's a sin issue or blind no. spot in our life, but we would be wise if we would recognize that in every difficult, painful circumstance, there is always an opportunity for our awareness to increase, for us to become more like Jesus, to see areas where we're not living like he would live. And then just to say, Lord, through this circumstance, what's the lesson? What do you want me to learn? And he'll reveal the blind spots to us because God is faithful. God is faithful. He cares deeply for you as his child. He wouldn't allow these things to happen if he didn't love you. He allows them to happen because you're his legitimate kids and he wants to take care of you. He loves us where we are, that is true. And he loves us enough to help us grow. He is compassionate towards us and does not want to see our sin continue to harm us or to harm other people in our life. So Jesus uses painful circumstances and disciplines to reveal our blind spots to us and to help us become more like him. Well, what a father we have, Yeah, What a God that we have. Yes. He's given us his spirit. He's given us his word. He's given us the church. You know, he gives us the world and then he gives us painful circumstances and he uses those in order to reveal these things to us. And there's no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. He's not doing it to condemn us. No. No, he's doing it to benefit us, to help us grow up into his image and his likeness. What an amazing Savior we have in Jesus Christ. Absolutely. The light of life. And Jesus talked about this act that he did. When you look at this list, I mean, just, just take a moment and look at it one more time. These gifts from Jesus that he says, I'm a brother to you who will reveal the blind spots in your life. Yeah. When I look at this list, it's got, sometimes it makes me just ask the question, if Jesus, if God is so generous like this towards us, then why do people still live in spiritual darkness? Yeah. I mean, he's given us the light of life. He's given us all these things to help us with our blind spots. Why continue to live in sin? Why continue to do things that cause harm to you and to others? Well, Jesus told us why. He tells us why in John 3, 19 through 21, Jesus said, and this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. There it is. His light's here. He's here. The blind spot's revealed. And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. It comes down to your heart. It comes down to what you love. If you love your sin more than you love Jesus, you're not gonna take advantage of the gifts that Jesus has given you to overcome darkness and the blind spots in your life. Jesus continued, for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So Jesus made it pretty clear, didn't he? in this passage of scripture. If you love him, you come 
to him. You come to the light so that your evil deeds can be exposed. But if you reject him, you're rejecting him because you really do love the darkness. Yes. Rather than loving the light. And if you, if you love your sin, if you love the darkness, you just won't come to the light. Yeah. You'll stay away from the light. You'll stay away from church. You'll stay away from small group. You'll stay away from your brother, sister, and Christ. You won't read the word in the morning. You'll just stay away from any uh, aspect of the blessings that God has provided for us to discover how we need to grow and how we need to change in your life. And so <laughs> your first steps toward accepting Jesus, helping overcome blind spots, is just admitting that you have them mm-hmm. and deciding right now, I don't want them anymore. Yeah. I, just, I just want you to get these things out of my life. You know, I, I've prayed at times and said, Lord, I wish you would just zap me when I was 17 and they'd all been gone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But he didn't. No. He wants us to go on this journey because as we continue to change and he transforms us, it creates a testimony of his power yeah. that just keeps on going. That's just right. keeps on going in the course of our life. And so that's what you need to do. You need to come to a point of decision. I'm ready. I don't want to walk in the darkness anymore. I want to walk in the light. You need to come to Jesus. That's right. And so we want to give you that opportunity in your response this morning, just to look at this list again that's on the screen here in front of you of the ways that Jesus loves you by helping reveal these blind spots to you. And, and when you look at this and you think about God's love for you, how foolish is it to choose to decide, I'm just going to keep my blind spots. I'm just gonna keep walking in spiritual darkness. I'd rather not put in the work. I'd rather not be humble or put in the effort. You know, we haven't even talked yet on this list of five things. We haven't even said the greatest thing yet that Jesus has done to show you his love for you so that your blind spots could be revealed to you, so that your sin nature could be dealt with, your old self crucified with Christ and put to death and you raised to a new life in him, we haven't even talked about it yet. How much does God love you? Just look at what Jesus has done so that you can have the light of life. Jesus entered our world. He left the glories of heaven. He left his throne on high to be born into our condition with a body like ours with the limitations that we have into a family of poverty and into a hard and difficult life ahead of him. And not only did he come into this world because of his love for you and enter into this world to be a great light to you and to the world, but the scripture says that to save you from darkness, he allowed himself to suffer darkness for you. The light of life the son of God, the one who knew no sin. When Jesus died on the cross, he died for your sins Mm. and mine. He entered the darkness of sin and the darkness Mm. of death to pay the consequence of your sin for you. And that darkness was so great that while Jesus was there on the cross and hanging on that cross, he cried out in anguish, my God, my God, 
why have you forsaken me? He endured the separation between him and his father. He endured the darkness of sin. Why? So that you could have the light of life. So that you could have his spirit. So that he could die for your sins but not remain in the grave. So that he could be resurrected three days later demonstrating he has power over sin and over death in your life. And he ascended on high and he sent his Holy Spirit to come and indwell us so that the light of life could shine in us and we could overcome the darkness. And he promises his return where the darkness we're still combating today will be put to death forever. And it will only be light in his presence and for all those who have put their faith and their trust in Jesus. The scripture says that he who knew no sin became sin for you, became sin for me, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So this calls for your response. And the response is really simple. Come on, church. Are you ready to leave your blind spots behind? When you look at what Jesus has done for you, are you ready to leave your blind spots behind? I'd like to ask if you just stand for this time of invitation this morning. You know, the first step to leaving these blind spots behind, we've said it, is what? You gotta admit you have them. And I'm talking to every person in this room. There may be someone in this room right now who would say, I've never decided to follow Jesus, but I'm seeing today my need for him. I'm seeing today that I need a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, this invitation's for you. And I'm gonna ask our response team if they come forward at this time, because in just a moment, I'm gonna invite you. If you don't know Jesus, Hey, the first way to walk out of darkness is to just come to him and let him forgive all your sins and become a new person in Christ. He'll put his spirit in you and you'll have a new life. Your old life will be dead and gone. You'll be a partaker of the divine nature. He'll change what you want. You've got to start there. But hey, even if you've been a Christian for 10 days or 10 months or 10 years or decades, you still have blind spots. You've got things in your life that you're not aware of. And if that's you, this response team's here for you as well. You could even come this morning and just say, I know I've got them, I don't even know what it is. But would you pray for me that God would reveal them to me? Hey, that's a courageous prayer. I just told you that sometimes he uses painful circumstances and discipline to reveal your blind spots to you. How much do you want it? Are you willing to allow the Lord to do whatever it takes in your life to reveal your blind spots to you? and to help you come to him. Then once you've decided, yep, I'm coming, I've got him, I'm acknowledging it, you gotta decide, I don't want it anymore. I do not want this blind spot in my life anymore. Lord, whatever it takes, you can have it. And then just walk toward the light. Just come to Jesus. And this morning, how, how much more, that's like a metaphor, walk toward the light. You know, we might use that kind of like a metaphor, although Jesus is the light. But the walking, how much more literal could it get though than this morning where you say, hey, there are people, this is his church. He uses his church to reveal our blind spots to us. There are people here that are willing just to tell me about the light. And you can literally just leave the place you're sitting and you could walk forward and just say, I'm walking to the light this morning. So would you bow in prayer with me right now? And as we're bowing for prayer, let me just open this invitation right now. Is there anyone who doesn't know Jesus? You need the light of life. 
you need his help to, to uh, overcome blind spots, if that's you, would you just walk to the light this morning? Just come forward right now and say, I need the forgiveness of sins and a new life in Jesus. And if there's anyone in this room right now, you're already a follower of Jesus, but you know there's darkness, you know you have blind spots, you know they're an offense towards others. Would you just walk towards the light and receive prayer this morning? Just be humble and say, I want it. Lord, whatever it takes, remove the blind spot in my life. Let me pray for you and you come as the Lord leads. I see some already coming. You come as the Lord leads you right now. Receive Jesus and the forgiveness of sins. And church, receive prayer. Be humble. Just say, I, I need it. I need Jesus to show me my blind spots. Lord, we come to you this morning because you're the light of the world. Because you left the glories of heaven and you entered into our mess and our darkness and our brokenness to be the great light among us. And we come to you today because we acknowledge we can't even see our problems without your help. We can't even see our sin and the offense it's causing you and others without your help. Lord, we come to you today because you're the light of the world. Would you shine a light on our blind spots this morning? Would you show us where we're walking in spiritual darkness and help us to walk in the light? Lord, I pray that no one in this room, if your spirit's prompting them this morning, no one would stay put. That worship is not just standing there. It's a response. It's our coming to you. So Lord, lead us to worship you this morning. Help us to move closer to you right now. We pray in Jesus' name and God's people said, amen. Well, what I'd like to do is just lead us in a brief song that we would sing as we close here. And as I sing this song, that uh, and we sing it together, that um, if anyone else would like the opportunity to respond, that this is your opportunity. Don't wait. If the Holy Spirit's moving in your heart, then don't wait, just come to Him. So just sing this acapella with me. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. All my life, all I have, sing it again. You're worthy of it all. Just come to the Lord as he leads you. You're worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.